Grocery Outlet is your home for huge savings on name brand products. This week, stop by our deli section for Health Aid Kombucha. 16 ounce assorted varieties are two for $5. That's a savings of up to $3.20 when you buy two. Deposit fee and tax where applicable. Also, Amy's Organic Soups 14 to 14.5 ounce assorted flavors are buy one, get one free. At $1.99 for two, that's a savings of up to 73%. Limit three free. Offers good through March 5th. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market. You got charge. And we got five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of The Spotlight. I am your host, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And I'm here with a special co-host for the day, Mr. C. Will, the builder. How you doing, C. Will? Doing great, Kente. Yeah, so uh, let, let the audience know a little bit about yourself, man. Um. So, yeah, my name is C. Will. I'm really focused on personal development and just helping people, you know, get themselves out there uh, and be inspired and, and live inspired lives. So I think this is going to be a great show, you know, being that we have an artist that is doing that and living that. Um, so I'm just excited to be here. All right. And me and you, we're both hip hop fans. We both. Uh, hip-hop fans going way back so we can appreciate this artist that we're going to have on the show today so uh, welcome to the show mr big v how you doing man yo 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 screaming <laughs> all the way from the country i'm all right man it's about basketball season it's almost first day of march you know what it is that's right Kentucky that's right season. You know what it is all right man we got so much to talk to you about but uh man tell us exactly where you're from and what it was like growing up there? From uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, Greater Nashville, Covet City, 60 miles from Music City. Um, no skyline, no no radio, urban. Um, if you ever watch the movie Stand By Me, mm-hmm. there's more white folks than it is black folks. It's rural America. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a country living, man, small enough to 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 know you but big enough to help like you see your partners at the parade you ain't gonna have from nobody here you know and just it was really cool single mom uh two older siblings one younger um born to do music man when you come from a fifteen thousand dollar or less home this ain't no crybaby me song mama taught us love but anything else, hell, that was on you. Um, so childhood without a pop for most of the way. Stepfather came, one of those guys, and just man, uh, life in a small town, man. Now, now I've said this before on the show. I'm, I'm gonna say it again. Being from Los Angeles, when I think of small time living, I think of uh, sweet tea and porch swings. And uh, yeah. <laughs> close knit communities and stuff. What was the community like like uh, growing up? Uh, you know, was it very supportive? Um, everybody's cool as long as you ain't shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. As long as you ain't no better than the rest of us. You know that. that I had no problem in Bowling Green until Nabby Roots went platinum. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> but it was it's just a town of love. And people know your name and care about you when your mama died. You know, go down the road speaking with both hands. It'll scare you people are so nice being from L.A. I've been out there where you at. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, just a small town living. 
pure form, but without Napster, without the computer, damn near Mayberry, huh? <laughs> now, uh, now uh, we all grew up listening to hip hop. What was you, what was your, some of your favorite groups and artists? Oh, uh, young for me it was Bobby Jones. My mother was a gospel girl. Daddy was a wino. So listen to Johnny Taylor, Joe Frazier, you you know, uh, Al Green. Listen to Mahalia Jackson, um, and Michael Jackson, and and, and Prince were my big in pop. You know, growing up, you know, one of them had better music, other ones a better icon. So my early childhood flashes of music was like that, and then as I got in junior high, high school, my girlfriend brought me an eight ball CD in 1991. I was a sophomore in high school. She was like, baby, listen to this shit. It's, it's something that sounds just like you. He's talking, you know. Before that, it was Scarface and mind playing tricks on me, real hard music. Right. But then after I heard eight ball and heard somebody that eat pity milks and smoke weed, rag candy paint, you know, Lord, I had to be one of them. <laughs> That's what's mm-hmm. up. Um, yeah, I, I mean, growing up with like the Ghetto Boys, uh, Scarface, and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. When it came to just people representing the South specifically, um, because you know, for a long time, the South wasn't really represented. Um, no. Um, for for you know, in the early early stages of hip hop, but then now the the South is huge, and it basically creates the trends in hip hop. So who was that? Who was that first artist that you really connected with where you felt like, okay, this he's talking to me? And what song, was there a song specifically? Was it uh, My Mind Playing Tricks on Me? Were there other songs that really spoke uh, to you? In seventh grade, it was Big Daddy Kane. You know, I wasn't prejudiced. I, like MTV, BET, we just knew they played heat. I hadn't traveled to New York yet. I didn't know they wore Timbos and shorts and long chains and, I didn't know we looked funny to them. I didn't know that we were bammers until you watch Outkast get booed when they won the award, my deep dick. Like I said, geographically, Kentucky was so far from nowhere, like it had no identity. So we had no, like, man, I ain't gonna play that. And when I was young, you wanted to look like you were from the West Coast. And it was Dickie Pants and Tretch and Spice One and guys who look really urban and poor and things that we could afford. So those were the influence. Anything that was on MTV, BET, but I gravitated to Big Daddy Kane. He was a great lyricist with a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And then out of the South, when I when I heard it, it was Luke, Poison Clan. You know, I'm that old. I'm a 70s cat. And uh like it was uh let me see it was two like crew uh back against the wall and my dick is in the dust two live crew band in the usa yeah. um and then we got to hold the ice cube that music with no hooks but it had that vibe mm-hmm. yeah so i'm all over the place but <laughs> So, so what, uh, I, I was what? wondering if you were in when you, how did you know you really were going to be pursuing this? Like when you really like took it on, like what was your first kind of like experience with that? It sounded like 
you were introduced in high school uh, as far as connecting with rappers and saying, hey, I really want to do this. But like, did you do like a talent show or, or something that really sparked the, the passion in you to, 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 to be an artist? Um, I could play football and I tore up my ankle and a girl lied on me uh, in high school. Well, my first year of college. And I was one of those kids left on the porch and I didn't want a child to grow up and, and suffer the things I had as a child. So before I knew it, 15 years later, before I know the child was mad, yeah, it wasn't. But I dropped out of college, man, started selling dope. My friends had that and tore up my left. I ain't got to have no more explosion. So it was into my second talent, like like uh, two chains, you know, play ball or rap. Like his album title now, like I can totally relate. And that was from Kentucky, you know, ain't a Dr. Dre, there's not a big label, there's not a, you know, a metropolitan, nothing. But since a little kid, Cass was like, man, he got that flow. So I always knew I had dope. I just needed God to shut the window of football so I could really hone in on rap, you know? Right. So then... So I guess like 19, I realized, okay, I can't play ball and this is professionally and do this. There was guys going to a college, Western, where I'm from, and uh, that was serious about rapping, broadcasting and shit like that. And uh, I was like, man, that's the only ticket out of here. Bowling Green in one course town at this time, no DJs. And you got cats like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's son that goes to Western Kentucky and play basketball. And they bumping, like, and there's these cats of Western that later, you know, we didn't know who he was at the time, but this thing called Nappy Roots, a culture. And the name grew before the music did. And they had a sound, a little something. And then my dog that were going there brought me around these guys. And then before you know, I blended in and made a way, you know, ask God to finish this up and do what it do. At 19, we, we signed with Atlantic Records in 1998. First swing out, independent, no no work put in, you know, not moved a whole lot of units. We had a our own independent store. Master P was showing us the way and everything at that time in 99, but we signed a deal and was like, damn, what here? What now? We had to go on promotional tour and learn how to do shows with the Young Bloods, and Little Johns, and the Eight Ball MJGs, and your Trick Daddy when he was doing Nail Nigga, Soleil, you know, and all that business down. But you would do 80, 90 shows for you with somebody, you know, back then before you realized how to do records to make shows. If I if I had went too fast, I would slow down. No, 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 yeah, I'm from. It's a, it's a lot, you know. So you 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 were with the group. I mean, you were hanging out in college with the Nappy Roots. So y'all kind of had a culture going on, and uh, yeah. As far and like, did, were you doing like local shows, college shows before you got recognized with the label or connected with the label? And and, and you mentioned uh, um, No Limit a little bit. What was that? You watch, you watch as I watched Master P, oh, and how he was just bumping, throwing out music every month, every week. We learned how to sell music. And at the time of the CD burner, we was just 
you know, learn to burn CDs and do our music. And people were stealing our tapes. And then we was in a small college town doing shows at bars and anybody who would hear us and fraternities and frats and sororities. So we started putting nappy roots on t-shirts in their colors or whatever they had and just broke the name like that. And before you know it, two summers, okay, who the, who the, you know, who them rap niggas over there? Who, who, who? Couldn't afford to be in no fraternity, no, you know, no shit like that. We were poor folks, chipping in on pale blue ribbon and shit like that. And, you know, 19, 20 years old, we doing shows every weekend, no responsibility. Really just, you know, this is what we're going to do. Now, now, um, Let's talk about the, your stage show, because, you know, I've seen a lot of acts that are great on record, but their stage show is whack as heck. So talk about like the evolution of, you know, learning how to be stage performers and getting to a point where you really was putting on the show that you really wanted to do. Your stage performance, I think you get that after you write your first album. Then you realize the energy you got to have on stage, the song that you got to write. Then you're not, you're not such a rapper, rapper, you know? You wanted everybody to hear you and how your vocabulary was enormous and how you painted this picture. And then you realize people got to look at your boring ass for however long you're on stage. <laughs> now you start making records like big, like Naughty by Nature's OPP and shit people could repeat after. And mm -hmm. the bars and the the control of a say a busy bee and less of a lyricist is black thought. You know, I love to hear him rap. And but I like to hear him when I'm in the Cadillac. But when I'm on stage, I want some shit I can look at, you know? Mm -hmm. So watching Buster Rhymes and doing a few shows yourself, you realize, oh, I can't do that boring ass song. I gotta do something. Make it clap, clap, Because you realize now what you're gonna see. Break your neck, nigga. Break, you know what I mean? Jump, jump. Make the people on it, you know. And, and before you know it, you you doing drill sergeant music when you're doing it performance, you know. So the second album was a lot more fun to do after world tour, knowing what to expect. Mm -hmm. uh, if we... that told, if that polished the picture. Oh yeah, yeah. All uh, right. We have a, a question from the chat room. They want Crystal wants to know how do you stay relevant in today's music and the direction it's going. Uh, and then she says, "I do believe we uh, make a mark." Is there any advice for someone who wants to follow in your footsteps on on what not to do? So it's a two part. You question. can't change to stay relevant. You can't change with the times. Just because they didn't buy pine saw today doesn't mean pine saw. Ain't gonna be pants all tomorrow. People who know that brand and trust that brand will fuck with that brand. You keep that brand the way it need to be, instead of changing with the times. Like UGK never changed. When they got ready to drop and let y'all see some commercial shit, they went and got some commercial niggas. They went and got Jay Z, Big Pimpin, or Outkast, uh, you know, international player. But it was still, you know, that there. And I think the relevancy, if you want to hear Marvin Gaye, you're not looking for Ed Sheeran, you know, so you just got to stick to what you do. If you, uh, you see what I'm saying? Right, right. No, it makes perfect sense. 
So just staying relevant is making sure that I can do something that you can't get anywhere else. And then it's like a trip to Venice Beach. You can only go to Venice Beach in L.A. Now, um, you kind of mentioned it, this a little bit, but um, I love, you know, hip hop. I love to break up hip hop in errors and kind of give us an idea of who was on the charts the same time you guys broke out. Like, um, who were the other artists that were really popping at the time? And was there and did you like deal with a lot of other acts as well that you got close with when you guys were uh, first starting out? I mean, it was so much of a blur. We never really got to click mm. with who we really wanted to. Right. But after nearly opened the ocean, you know, with Country Grandma in St. Louis, that's Mosey right there. Wouldn't right. be Nappy Roots if it wasn't for Mosey. Right, right. With Country Grandma in St. Louis, Atlantic Records come right down the road and got the next best country group. It's, they had the best country artists. And so Nappy Roots was the next thing on this country shit, that country wave. And then you watch Bubba Sparks came out with Getting Ugly, Timberland. And Interscope went down there and got them a piece of that. Then the Dirty Boys dropped, hit the flow out of Alabama. And they got a piece of that. And Philly most wanted was the East Coast and state property. And this was like when we dropped September 11, 99, Jay-Z went on and dropped the blueprint. We had the same release date. Mm. We pushed our shit back to February. And, you know, it came out with the new artists, you know, and come out. Like that T.I. wasn't out yet. When we was on fire, Outkast was kind of sputtering. They hadn't came out with that record that the hood wanted to hear in a while. And Nappy Roots had filled that void. And then, there, you know, and then labels started merging. Electra and Atlantic came, you know, and damn, you know, before you know it, 50 Cent shook the motherfucker and, Jeezy come out with I'm a real nigga and I don't like rappers and they left Nappy Roots with their clothes on the stick, you know? Right. It, and Ja Rule was hot at the time when Nappy Roots was on fire and mm -hmm. Little John hadn't quite got there yet. So everything was still at a good time. Music was smooth. This was right after the Master P run and Bling Bling and Nappy Roots was all now, hell now. <laughs> and they tried to paint us as anti-bling. We was just anti-fad, yeah. you know? We just wanted to do us. Just some black folks chilling on the front post grilling. And that was our thing. And uh, so it was just a good time for music. People were still getting big checks and big advancements and labels were still making you look at artists that you might not really want to fuck with, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got it. Now, now yeah, it's a pirate ship now. Everybody see that flag that they remember. And you notice old school groups with four or five hits are now touring together. You know, and, and people want to see folks with catalog. Do you got four singles that we remember? Yeah. You started to say something? When you first, yeah, when you first started, you were... Um, talking about a lot of people that you were on tour with, did you start out, I'm assuming like most artists, like opening for acts? And who did you start uh, with opening for? Oh, no. On tour? Oh, the it's like he's, he's freezing up a little bit there. 
Uh oh, did we lose you? Okay. So. You might need to jump out and come back in. Yeah. Yeah, just come back in, uh, Big V. Yeah. Uh, while we're doing. Oh wait, no, I'm saying. Oh, there we go. We got it back. Hello. Yeah, there we go. All right, go back. Uh, say your question again, uh, Will. So, yeah, I was asking um, when you when you were starting out, who uh, were you going on tour with people? As far mm-hmm. as were you opening for people, or did you just have your own spot? Like did the headline. They're still messing around. Hello, can you guys hear us? Can you hear us? Hello. Hello. Mm. All right. So we'll wait for them to get back in. <coughs> Here we go. Hello. Can you hear us? Hello. Yeah. Hey. Can you hear us? We can, but I don't know if you can hear us. We can see and hear you. But he's acting like he can't hear us. Hello, can you hear us? All right, let me say, let me tell him to refresh. Send him a message on him. Yeah. All right. So, uh, far away, do you guys want to push the X? Uh, I was thinking about bringing it. Oh, here's it. Here we go. Um, Taisha. Hello, Taisha. He's saying Kente refresh, but I don't think it's us. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? I can. Yeah. What's up? Okay. Hey, Taisha. This is uh, Taisha, celebrity publicist and publicist of Big V. Uh, If you can, just tell them to refresh. That's probably what it is. They just need to refresh. All yes. right, let me do that. Try to pop in and save the day. Okay. Listen, it's Friday night. I'm trying to kick back. All right, here we go. We got you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. And we have uh, Taisha here as well. She came in. All right. So, uh, what up? Uh, see, Will, you had a question. Yeah, I was just asking when you guys first started out. Were you going? Were you? Were you like an opening act or? Um, and what 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 are some of the people you were opening for? We were open for Eight Ball MJG. We would open for Soleil. Anybody who was on that Chitlin circuit uh, at that time, Lil John. We take turns being hotter, I guess. But you know, all Alabama's, your Savannah states. You know where they playing uh, past Detroit and vice versa. You know where the band's better than the football. Right, right. And we were doing shows, and just all of them down the Mississippi River, yeah. and then Napa Roots had another appeal. Once we did those ghetto shows, and the black folks gave us that vibe. When we started doing pole folks and other records, and started doing those big publicized TV shows like the Pepsi Smash and other things, we became a college touring group. You and still. Have- you you know what I loved about about your group or love about uh, Nappy Roots is that you guys 
um, had a lot of social commentary mixed in with the music. And uh, I wanted you to talk about that. Like you were trying to, you weren't just talking about, you know, getting a lot of cash and women and stuff like that. You were actually had a message. Uh, can you talk to to that? Um, I think Nappy Roots is goal at the time for six individuals with one idea was to state more than the obvious. Like we all got a life to live, and okay, he a killer, he a gangster. If Rick Ross is a, is the boss and T.I. and Jeezy are the trap and and common is the knowledge and the light and Nappy Roots would be just the country, country music of rap. You know, we grew up on Dolly Parton Islands in the stream. That is what we are. No more in between. How can we be wrong? And songs make sense for country people. So everything we wanted to hear had substance. I don't want to hear about you shooting nobody. I would like to hear why. Or why did he snitch? What put him under that kind of pressure? Or, you know, the reason, not the rhyme. And Nappy Roots, we had an A&R named Mike Curran that taught us how to make hits. Like Miyagi's Dojo, Wax On, Wax Off. But it was... I wrote most of the hooks, and the hook that got assigned was riding on these country roads. I don't know where to go. I got to ride. I'm going to ride these country roads. And it it was just a country boy's just a vision of, okay, you know how big Kentucky basketball is. Mm -hmm. What if they had their own music, their own genre, their own, and they talk that way. And our fans happened to have been 98% white and women. Mm. So we related to a lot of people that wasn't getting that story told in hip hop. Like you never heard nobody say, all my life been poor and it really don't matter no more. And they wonder why we wear resident cans with bling bling. Every time I come around you see, now nah, nigga, we know damn well that income tax got to stretch. You know, <laughs> you feel me? Right, I know. I yeah. feel you. No, it wasn't just anti them. It was just so pro us. Right. And you nothing, and you appreciate everything. Mm -hmm. Like to meet Steve Harvey and to to actually see him go through the things he go through, and be like, damn, his struggle is real as mine, and he's from Cleveland. And they would never have they say if it wasn't for the internet or LeBron or, you know, from a poor man's perspective, let alone black. Mm -hmm. now, so, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, you know, uh, there's not a whole lot of groups like there once was. Um, for a lot of reasons, I can see why. Uh, what was the group dynamic like? Uh, was it like a real close uh, brotherhood? Was it, I mean, was there any Eddie Canes in the group? Like, uh, <laughs> I'm Eddie Kane. <Eddie> Kane. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, man, at that time, everybody was humble. Right. College, we were cool. I'm a E, you E, cool. But then when you realize you ain't got no 401k and you wrote all along, you wrote poor folks and you are the demand of this or that, then you want your pay scale a little different. Then when you go around Nelly and Luda, Oh, that's what a solo artist looked like. Hmm. It was shit. 
I want to be one of those. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Yeah, spread that cake. The group was, was family to the point where it began, ball busting began to be a job. Or you carrying around people, you know, you touring seven, eight months together and you wake up, sleep, shit, watch him cry, watch him hurt. And y'all didn't grow up together. It, I think it, it makes you family, but fuck. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. What, especially if the money ain't right. Right. And sick guys eating on one check, and then somebody has something life-altering happen, then one of them can't tour, or somebody's girlfriend or wife left kids somewhere, and he can't tour, and I'm dependent on him to feed my people, and blah, blah, blah. That, be, that becomes a responsibility after 25, you know? Ain't no more cute shit. If we can't get paid, if all of us don't show up, I don't know if I want to be in your group. So, so given your experience, what would you tell your younger self? Like, just starting out, if you were able to go back and say, hey, I got some advice for you from what's coming up, what would you, what would you tell them? The younger Vito, 10 years ago, right after all in all, Poor folks, Anthony Hamilton was riding around with me at the time. He was like, what you going to do next? And I wasn't thinking next. I was just so jaded. We went platinum my first swing and, and tours of book. And no OG said, man, this shit going in. And which one of y'all write the hooks? Because they're going to need something else. And I, I'd have simply, uh, I'd have simply, man, just, told everybody I'm going to eat off of what I write. I want my own, I, like I want my name broke like Method Man and Wu-Tang. I want people to know me like that. This group is this group. And let's set this up for this group. But what I write and what I know it as, and I want my business to go like this. I wish I'd have just, with that success, just hire the right team around you that want to see your vision and to seize the opportunity because not everybody makes it out of urban bubble fuck wherever you are. And right. you getting known as an artist is like hitting the lottery. And for them yeah. to put two or $3 million behind your unknown ass and for everybody to know you and for me and you to talk today, my music had to touch you some kind of way and to realize, okay, this is going to be a lifelong relationship or it's going to be a fly-by one. Let me touch you a little more. Let me let you know my life a little more. And more than this song's jumping, boy, I need that $20. You know, your support. Now, what can I get you doper than this music? What? How can I get this to you? You know, just to make the real ties, more than just an email or being drunk at some party and grabbing some girl's ass. I want to know the DJ and the public, you know, the program director. Now, how can I get... You know, my message of what I'm doing here. So more work. And it, right. you ain't out here to bullshit and fuck and, and all that shit. You know, you out here to, you got a guilt, use it. And so. Go ahead. Build that network of, of foundation so you can go up, go further. I, I do like how Wu-Tang did do that. You know, they met the man, kind of set the stage, but eventually all of them kind of followed that model where they branded themselves were able to carry themselves on, you know, in, in that own way. Um, so moving forward, like from now, like 
So we kind of went backwards with that. Going forward, what is your dream, like your vision? You mentioned, you know, you wish you had more of a vision then. What's your vision now? Working class is my label. And it's a way of life where, okay, I'm not a baller. Okay, I'm not a thug. Okay, I'm not a drug dealer. Working class, I, I, I will put in 40 hours. I will put in 60 hours. I understand that life. I still eat A1 on steak, you know, and uh, I still drink Coke out of a can and eat White Castle. Uh, I really love the simpler things in life. So my brand is not just a country nappy roots thing. That was watermelon chicken and grits. And that was my common denominator in that. But now my common denominator is working class. How are we teaching our girls? Do, I, do we teach our sons to date women that are daddy's girls now? And why? Because they're used to sharing space with a man. My, my message is now more informative. My fan is not looking to get out of the car and shoot some pistol randomly. My fan won't listen to ain't nobody. Dope is me. I'm dressed so fresh, so clean. I want to go home tonight, you know, maybe eat at the street taco stand and, and have a good time in a conversation with a female. Now, I ain't so much into your pussy. I want your connection. And the now my music is, is set for just for good people now and to realize that I need you. 50,000 of you in Kentucky, I need $20 from you to not steal a purse, to not sell a dope, to not hate on the next man, but to to support a small business and, an and to entertain you, not just some cat trying to, hey man, buy this motherfucker, see if you can trick him on the ringtone, to buy this here. No, no hustle, just working class. What would you want people to do to you? And that, that's what Vito represents now. And knowing that God got to get his tin off top for this 90s shit to go okay. So I think you get a broad band of that in a sense of a, a father that wants to go home to a family, but I want to be entertained as much as I can. And I think you're going to get that this time from Vito as far as branding. You're going to know that I write my own music. You're gonna know I produce my own music. You're gonna know the all in all, the folk folk sound, that's Vito. If you listen to the Nappy Roots now, they don't sound like they used to. Hmm. Well, old Eddie Kane or David, you know, David Ruff ain't there. So no disrespect to him, it's just my sound and my feel. And I come from Bowling Green. And for Atlantic Records to tell a bunch of Louisville boys, that the group is from Bowling Green, that'll let you know who I am off top. So it's reality rap is back, man. I love it. More than ever. I you know, it. so now I don't trust nobody for my contract. My, You know, now I know that anybody around you can harm you. Just because somebody's smiling at you and telling you, yes, ma'am, and no, sir, don't mean they ain't fucking you. Even Jeff and Ray wind up stealing from Ray in the end. So... I learned a lot of lessons. Of, I got to have my eyes dotted, T's crossed, three lawyers, and one watching them. 
Uh, I want to take this moment real quick to give a shout out to everybody in the Get Vocal chat room. Um, We have uh, Crystal Tucker, who's a great podcaster. She's in the chat room. Uh, One of my uh, co-hosts on Indie Radio of Men and Women Talk to Mars Venus show. The one and only Shannon. Uh, We have Love in the chat room. We have Taisha Bradley, who's going to be on in a minute, uh, who is a, a publicist and a good friend of mine. Uh, we have Bobby Stamps, who is uh, a big contributor here on this uh, platform, as as well as others. We have the Elephant Room, uh, who just did a great show earlier today. Uh, big shout out to them. We have Andre D. Harrison, who's a great podcaster as well. Uh, he does programs all the time. We have Ava Laura, who uh, does it all. She's a life coach, podcaster, uh, extraordinaire. And we have uh, Joseph who is a podcaster as well. Uh, We have Light, and we have Herbie as well. And uh, there's people also listening on Facebook as well as Periscope. Uh, If you have any questions, please uh, feel free to uh, hop in and ask your question. And um, so let's go back to to our interview. Um, So now you've transitioned from being in a group to now on, you know, doing solo work. Um, obviously when you're in a group, you, you know, you have to make decisions as a group now is you, you are the, the driving force and whatnot. Um, are there to have that freedom of now, like you don't have to do, you know, you don't have to, uh, go to five other guys. What is that like? Oh shit. You ever had your own room? Yeah, in your mama's house. Right. Yeah. I have. I slept with him, some bitch. But I couldn't stand him. Didn't want him to wake up. You know. Right. You know. You ever had your own car the first time you drove out, and you you playing what the fuck you wanted to on the radio. Right. Right. Tank full of gas, like that. <laughs> if you want to eat it around, it's, why didn't you park? Did nobody bother you? You know right. that kind of shit. <laughs> oh man, and to know everybody now that. You know that somebody might have rubbed somebody else wrong that was with you. Now, every relationship is eye to eye and like more. Okay, I know Vito. I know that he won't do no shit like that. He ain't felt my girl's ass on a shot of liquor or, or uh, in a selfie, you know, put your crotch on somebody else's woman or some dumb shit that misrepresents you. Right. You know, uh, made an announcement at an after party that don't make no fucking sense. For a real dude to say, or some, you know, some just right. some lame character shit that everybody ain't you. And I'm glad that that's away from me. I'm glad that now I can do what I want to do. I can make my quarter and go home. I can base my day on how I want to entertain around my family. I don't have to do unsafe venues, trying to, you know, or no shit like that, or lie to somebody's wife, where they at, or something. All this shit. Yeah, you know, I just like being Vito, man. And I wrote out now in Pofo. And then we get to the main screen, and just because you didn't, you want to go away from it. So, and it was always, oh, well, shit, I, I am in a group. I got to lean, let them do something, you know. Right. Shit, now, no, hell no. I know <laughs> what bumps, and, and I don't think you do. And I like it like that. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you got something going on, but I'm interested. Uh, you 
you doing a movie or something and you do some music in that? What's going on with that? Man, doing the score. And, you know, I've done the score before on T-Bone Burnett, Lady Killers. And uh, the movie with Tom Hanks in it, got to work with Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, and big guys like that. The last Nappy Root album worked with Organized Noise producing the album. So Rico Wade and, Mer and Ray Murray and all Big Rube, the rest, you know, the whole family, Organized Noise, taught me how to produce records. You know, working with them, you learn how to do that. So producing now it's like... Making music or, or organizing it? Both. Or both. 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 Okay. And you know what you want to hear. And to, to, to really bring that to life and to now, like, 10 years later and take that training and that your resume read now that you do that. And now don't shoot the messenger. And to have uh, another platform to do a soundtrack and moods and do yeah. the score and the moods and the music. Like, damn, on your grown man now. Yeah. And to have watch your boy Raphael Sadiq do the Insecure score and to have worked with him and to get my ball moving and maybe get back in the room with greats like that because we had a great relationship. And to get back around, you know, and, okay, I'm doing scores now too. And be like, all right, all right. You know, All-Stars back at it. And to see Rick James when you working on a, on a score. Last time I was out there, that last BT show alive with him and Tina Marie had done. Man, like, it's just an experience to go from really wanting to be the dog in front of the camera to that man to make it happen beside it and behind it. So yeah. you were you were in front of the camera in this one. What what was the what was the movie? He said uh so we were chatting with your manager before we got on. And uh right on. you you did a little bit of cameo too. Yeah, don't shoot the messenger. My my character on there is Douglas Williams. He's a tow motor driver, working class kind of guy. Um, can't give you the plot of the movie, but he deals—he deals with some relationship issues that most find it popular today. Like if you and your girl switch phones for the afternoon, and you happen to see her boyfriend's crotch picture, he sent, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and had to deal with it that way. So just on my grown man, man, just Bernie Mac left for Hollywood void, you know. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> How you doing, brother Craig? You know, <laughs> I think that's awesome. I I do music, and I I think you know soundtrack and being able to set the mood, like you say, and, and actually carry your voice. You know, not just with your voice. You know, with with your music and and with you know other mediums. You you you're in the the community of art, and it, it gives you so much more life. You know, uh, to be yes. able to flow with that. Yes, and to have that going on in the podcast with daps and handshakes. And those were just the lyrics to what I said in pro folks. Like when I was like daps and handshakes, it meant nothing for real. So my, so the name of my podcast is daps and handshakes and travel and real conversation in barbershops with no filter where a woman didn't bring their kid in, where men bring their kid in. And we talk about real shit cats really want to talk about. You know, a truck driver's wife and shit like that. You know, how long you ever you ever seen a truck driver and his wife and how long he had to leave her? Five days a week. I, well, I've seen. Well, I've, I've been in trucks, 
So I've been lucky enough to see some partnerships where you see that the husband and wife are together. But beyond that, like you said, it's it's not easy. I mean, one of my neighbors in when I used to live in Virginia, he was a truck driver. So you would see his truck parked, you know, maybe once a month, you know, like he's on the road. Yeah, he can't he can't sneak that big rig in town. He'll never catch that cheating, you know. <laughs> And hell, he's paying for a nice luxury life. He ain't sleeping in that bed. Lord, <laughs> the life of a truck driver, you know she's praying he go up a cold mountain to get the rest of his son's money, you know? And that, that's where we at with it, man. Old country boys having fun, you know, and talk about the shit that really matter and realize when you're 30, you just want your old friend and your old life and, and the shit you did as a kid, you're going to really want to taste of. When you get back, you realize you don't want to eat pizza no more. Late night and shit, you get indigestion. Now you want beef tears, cabbage and shit like that, like granny man, you know? Well, I love I love pizza to death, so I don't know. I'll, I'll take my, my oh, shit, whatever I got. <laughs> How old are you, Will? How old are you, baby? Well, early, uh, early or late thirties or twenties or something, but no. Yeah, you too old to be eating some damn pizza, man. You too old to smoke turkey, some fried wings, or something, man. <laughs> hey. uh, we're gonna ask uh, Taisha to hop back in. Uh, so, but um, while we're waiting on Taisha to hop back in. Um, uh, what's the difference, would you say, between you now when you get in the booth uh, and record versus like when you first got into the industry and, you know, your whole writing process and all that as well? Oh, it's kind of dunking contest legs. You know how a cat come out of college and they can jump as high as hell. Yeah. And do all kind of shit in the dunking contest and blow out cake and put on a cake and jump over two or three motherfuckers. Well, today, 20 years in, I ain't got them kind of balls. So my shit got to make sense. I got a two-handed dunk I do, a nice backwards one. You know, I'm a, my balls are going to make sense. I'm not fishing for a new audience as I was as a child, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, hell no, boy. Y'all done up and done it. Y'all done up and, you know, that's me fishing for somebody. Now I'm talking to a, a Pacific audience when I say, uh, let's say uh, I'm gonna get this money. Fuck these bitches in that order. I'm gonna <laughs> in that order. You know, I know who I'm talking about. I know who I'm talking to. Or I may come up with a song. That's dope, boy, pussy. That's dope, boy, pussy. Honest nigga can't get it. She only fuck with them pushers. That's dope, boy. You know, stay leaning in the nigga's car. Yeah, that's her. Chasing free drink at the bar. Yeah, that's her. Every week she got to go hard. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, that's her. Man, damn, that's her. Now, you see what I'm saying? I know right. who I'm talking to. Right, right. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Where I didn't know who was going to like po folks. I didn't know that there was a million people in D.C., Boston there. Realize all my life been poor and probably ain't gonna get no better than this. Better, you know, to buy that record. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? So how do you? What mean? Where's your interest? Not where does it come from? When you get inspired, like how do you capture that? Like, because 
well, a lot of artists, it could happen anywhere, a thought. Do you have like a notepad? Do you put it on your phone? And how do you transfer that to the studio? A, a voice recording? You know, now that your phone got that microphone in it. And I got like 70, 80 hooks that I, I just record all the hooks and then a, a, a melody. And then I just take it in the studio, get the melody and, and record the hook. And then I write thesis, you know, bars around supporting what I think of, okay, from a different perspective. And, you know, try to write you three ideas of the way to look at this thing. <laughs> and that's kind of the way, that's where I'm at now. What up, T? All right, we yeah, I, we have Taisha here back again. She got the glasses on now. I know. With the, right. the Malcolm X, with, but except for with the pink. <laughs> but the pink on the side. Uh, so uh, you are this man's uh, publicist. Uh, t- yes. Yes. Uh, I know you wanted to uh, talk about some stuff that's going down, but also, uh, how do you like uh, working with this gentleman right here? Oh, I love it. So easy. <laughs> so easy to work with. Um, him and his team are just really easy. You know, communication is a thing. When you know, when you work with someone, you know, with publicity, you kind of need opportunities. You need to reach out, say, "Hey, you know, this is what's going on." Yes, no. And they're just so quick, so they make it really easy. Um, it's actually not my first time working with V, um, because back when I was an intern in college at the radio station, um, Nappy Roots came, it just kind of came out, they were doing like a radio tour, um, and there was an event at the skating rink, and I was like the head intern in charge, so, you know, I kind of got to hang with the group and, you know, chill out with them a little bit, but, you know, that was a couple moons ago, but, you know, it's just awesome that it just came around full circle, and that we're both, you know, this time later, still, like, doing the same things, <laughs> you know? The head so intern it's, it's in really charge, just the H-I-I-C. all right so uh tell us about uh the event um so i um not only um do i do publicity but i really love events i really love experiential events you know kind of things where you go to an event and you just feel somewhere else and like when you leave you're like Man, that was so dope. Like, what just happened? You know what I mean? Like, I like for people to stay from the beginning to the end. So just when, you know, everything is cool, like, we kick it up a notch or something else happens. And so I'm really into events. I'm really playing with it a lot. You know, communications and marketing and PR is my background, you know, so I really kind of like the analytics of it. And, you know, I just like kind of figuring out, you know, kind of I call it experiential architecture, you know, you know, kind of how to move and you know I guess it's kind of similar to music you know making a connection with people making them feel a way you know making them feel something later but I like to do that through like experiences so I've just been really having fun with um, doing events in my community um, and so I am uh, co-curating with another um, event curator um, out of Atlanta Craft Trap and so together me as my um, my event curation company Brunch Money um, we are doing the Rutherford County Hot Chicken and Art Show and that's going to be in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, that's really close to Nashville. Um, and so it's going to be so dope. We have this huge space. Um, we have all these dope artists coming from all these different backgrounds. Um, you know, Nashville is known for the hot chicken. So we've kind of brought that, you know, down the street a little bit, you know, kept with the theme and we're having a hot chicken boss competition um, where we're having um, 
restaurants and food trucks and even chefs like who who has the best hot chicken you know recipe and so that's kind of like a thing here you know i'm not from tennessee but like if you live here you move here you just got to get with the hot Will, chicken wills so in tennessee everybody says that they have the best and it's like really truly an argument yeah, so we're gonna find out so everybody who has that hot chicken you know recipe vicky got it on lock in middle tennessee bring it to the festival we're going to check you out. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, all the attendees will be able to vote kind of like American Idol style, like text message for who they think has the best hot chicken. And then that person is crowned a hot chicken boss. And so they get this, uh, they get a crown, um, they get a photo session like with the crown and they get this really dope um, glass trophy um, that an artist out of Nashville is going to be crafting. Um, so we'll have um, all these dope artists. We also have vendors, um, a marketplace. And this is called the Craft Trap. And it's based out of Atlanta, but it's a traveling artist market that goes to, you know, different states, different regions. It kind of, you know, brings out the local artists, the local vendors. Um, it has a following. So people come, you know, from other places as well. And it's just kind of like it's a vibe, you know, it's, it's for the culture and it's bringing everyone together. And it's just like a good vibe. Um, music, art, food, a little wine tasting. Like, we just have a lot going on. And so I asked V if he would come and kick it with us for the day, for the evening. And uh, he so. said, of course. So we're super excited to have him coming um, to chill with us and kind of meet and greet, you know, with the people. Um, he's a youth arts philanthropist. I don't know if you all talked about that, but he's no, very no. involved with the youth arts. And we have youth entrepreneurs and youth artists coming. Um, so we're looking for even more kids. And so, you know, we're going to connect them with the kids, have them give them a little pep talk. You know, because they're entrepreneurs, you know, so when the doors open, they're ready to get their money, too, because that's important. You know, they're learning um, how to be entrepreneurs as well, you know, right along with all the adults that are there doing the same thing. So we're just really excited about it. It's going to be something dope for the community. Um, we don't have a lot of things here in my county because we're so close to Nashville. But, man, it's kind of a drive, <laughs> you know, and so I just wanted to kind of bring, you know, some sauce <laughs> to mm -hmm. our area, you know. And so um, we're just really excited about it. We're excited to have me about it. Um, afterwards, you know, we got to turn up with him a little bit, you know, because he's going to be in my city, borough, Murfreesboro. So we're doing oh. crunk karaoke um, afterwards. Mm. And so it's going to be 30 and over. So, like, oh. we really got to be, like, about this crunk life. Oh, man, I'm telling you. I got a song with John myself. Sorry, millennials. But, like, <laughs> If you don't feel this in your chest, you're not welcome. <laughs> oh. So we're going to do crunk Okay. He's going to be hosting. Like, I, your manager talked, he told you that, right? You know that, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> Just not. Um, it's it's going to be so dope. Like, it's going to be so much fun. So, you know, like, everybody's has been practicing for this, like, all their life in the car, in the shower. You know what I mean? So, like, you're going to have the opportunity to get on stage and, like, do it. Oh so, man! I'm, about that. What, I'm trying to decide what I'm gonna do, but like, what, well, you know, it, it would be it would be really unfair for me to to be in the hot chicken competition because I'm like too much of a pro, and you know, uh, and then and then I'm too much of a good singer, so I want to let everybody else, you know, shine. So tap. so I, I'll, I'll I'll stay on the sideline, you know, but uh, and let let other people shine this day. But uh, I mean, shoot. Food, music. I mean, uh, art. Art. Man, you can't ask for more. And in, and it's uh, in Murfreesboro. Yes, it's in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and it's free. It is Friday, April twelfth, 
from 6 to 10 p.m. Um, also, that same evening, the, the city downtown has the borough art crawl. And so it's just going to be like art all over the city, like all day. It's going to be a thing. So for people who've never like come out of it, like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, this is the time. This is the day. This is when you want to come out, you know, because it's, it's going to be a vibe and the people are going to come out. Well, well, how far are you from Murfreesboro? Do you know? Are, yeah, oh, for- I'm in East Tennessee, and that sounds oh, so yeah, that's far. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, oh, just, yeah. if you get on the horse, <laughs> if you got like you know, three days in advance, you can make it. Yeah. You can make it. All right, so, um, when it comes to uh, you know, the music that's coming out, and as well as seeing uh, Big V live. Uh, I know we can see him April 12th. Uh, what are some um, dates that we should be on the lookout for as far as getting music and seeing him live, as well as some of the some of the uh, the different projects that you have coming out? Uh, what, what's, what can we be on the lookout? And how can we keep in touch with uh, what you got going on? Man, Dad's in the handshake. Um, definitely the... The podcast show definitely gonna do that and keep that picking. Um, what I got and been working on is my new album, Watermelon Chicken and Grits, Part Two. Oh, nice. Eating the lion. Um, just want to rekindle with the old fans. Got three point five million fans that I don't want to lose. That I want to want to steal off of bread too. Um, twenty years later. Uh, and gonna drop in June. I got a new group called Biracial, <laughs> where they white cousins don't think they smart enough, and they black cousins don't think they hard enough, so they trapped in the middle. <laughs> and uh, got a bunch of subjects on that, you know, when when your mama's a white girl, uh, right now I could use me a Britney Spears. Anything <laughs> that, that black, black and white kind of cross in the country and, and you know, really way to make light of a situation that there's another nation. Mm. Okay. That's what's up. And uh, are um, you are you gonna be live anywhere? Man, I'm gonna be live all over the place. I'm taking Everywhere. shows. I'm I'm talking about especially Kentucky first and the and the goal is Kentucky Platinum to do, you know, got to get twenty dollars, fifty thousand people, whether that's twenty tickets, twenty dollars from fifty thousand T shirts. If that's twenty dollars from fifty bags of reefer, legally though, I'm going definitely gonna be a professional weed man. Is my goal and crap. Um, and just really, just go out there. Really, I really want to get to a point where I don't tour unless it's legal in your state. And working on that, but really wanna just a fine thing of just just start putting out garlic hot sauce and. And shoes affordable like Shaq. All my friends ain't rich people. We eat salmon, croquet, fried potatoes, and onion. Where I'm from, and uh, and we go tour. Definitely go tour Tennessee, Colorado, Colorado, Cali. Gonna come out to California. I love Manzino, Redwood Forest out that way. Oakland. Mm-hmm. Definitely love San Francisco. Definitely love Lake Tahoe. Definitely gonna come to the LA's All right. and, and the key clubs and the and the you know, all that stuff, man. Miss all that, man. The street tacos, the white girls with the tattoo shops. <laughs> all this you really see all that, man. All right. 
All right, all right. So I have a little rundown, if we have time, of where V's going to be at. Do we have sure. time to do that? No, go ahead, and then I uh, see what uh, extra question. Yeah, so March 16th, um, V will be at OHM Showcase Panel at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. March 29th, mm-hmm. Ferguson Gym in Somerset, Kentucky. April 12th, at the Rutherford County Hot Chicken Art Show in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh, April 13th at Sky's Bar and Grill in Columbia, Tennessee. And April 25th, he has the premiere of Don't Shoot the Messenger in Orlando, Florida. And you can follow him and his music and where he's going to be at at BigVofNappyRoots.com. BigVofNappyRoots.com. <laughs> All right. Manager. All right. See, uh, Will, go ahead with your, your question. Yeah, I, I, I see we're wrapping up, so I just had like two quick questions. One was, I I see you talking about uh, music with elementary uh, kids or writing music with with kids. Uh, what's your movement with that? My thing is, I like to catch them up to speed. Like we learn quick over music and memorization, like reading Rainbow. You remember Levar brought us through when we was there. And that, we still got the rhythm in our head. Take a look in a book, you know, how drunk, reading rainbow. Well, they count by fives. And you ever seen a kid with timetable, if he multiplying and he rap like bone, he'll memorize it and whatever he got, whatever he's studied, we can put it to musical memorization. And then instead of telling you, pushing you to go to a college, as well as the kids and all of us grow stuff, but I'm more of a credit score kind of guy. And your favorite color, favorite song, your favorite weather, um, more of what kind of person you are. And uh, really just, that's really the movement of me and working class and the Breathe Light of Chance is just, we trying to make more productive citizens. Not to make the weirdo so much of a weirdo and let a fat boy know you can put on a condom and do you know what that little skinny girl will give you? You somebody too. You know, (laughs) teaching self-esteem, you know. Or that fat girl who thinks she got to meet three of them in the locker room. Hell, she got a credit score and a life and somebody like her too. Mm -hmm. And and you somebody. Who the hell is that ugly dude right there? You know, and all that shit that come with it. So we teaching more self-esteem identity because most of us come from some damn food that didn't open the door and let us out. You know, somebody told us, it's like precious. Somebody didn't, she knew she was ugly because her mama told her, you know? So we just got to be better people on just, okay, that's not your look, but this is your look. And this is this, and this is reality for you. Everybody's not baby. And I'm a rapper too. And I don't mind not being wealthy, that wealthy like that. I like to walk in the minute mart, go to the store without brushing my teeth sometimes, you know? And I don't think you can do that on a pedestal. Yeah, that's right. That's so it. rap is real in Kentucky. It ain't red carpets and some damn loud and five bodyguards. Hell, them niggas got regular jobs. They know you ain't shit. They ain't getting in the line of fire over that. Not for that money you paying, you know. <laughs> so it's real. You got to watch your mouth down here because offline they'll kick your ass. 
And that's what I want people I want people to understand about what we what we teaching is reality. Why black folks why they getting concealed license in school and shit and the little bitty white boy buzzing ass in school cause and the black dudes ain't cause that's who they bringing guns to fuck up. Black dude ain't scared. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. It's the, it's, it's the weirdo that's busting asses at school. Mm-hmm. The one that can't whoop nobody. Am I right? No, no, you're right. That's Look nice. at all the pictures they show. None of them some bitches got a girlfriend, I bet. <laughs> Wouldn't know what to do if they had one. They don't got no release of frustration. That's right. <laughs> you know, online dating about all they had coming anyway. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Like, look at these weird motherfuckers. You know he ain't had no girlfriend. Nobody, you know. Black black dude, you ain't gonna see him shoot up school. Hell, he got he got other shit. You know, he his garbage can to get a steak. Well nigga, you know, he gonna he cute enough to fuck somebody. He ain't gonna shoot up school or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying though. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's reality, man. Fun reality. Mm-hmm. And this is what I want to encourage folks on. It's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's You're right. giving common folks a voice. It's just me, you know, it, and, uh, and, a, and an identity that they can be proud of, you know. Uh, so yeah. I think that's powerful. Yeah, that's it. Just the common folks. I ain't, I ain't no stunner. I ain't no damn gangster. I want good reefer like you do. Here's the yeah, the shortcut home from the police, like you do, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like any other married man, you know, cheat when I can, you know. So, uh, Big V, um, <laughs> once once again, how can we get you in uh, social media and whatnot? Social media, I'm on Big Vito, Banger, Twitter, Facebook. I'm like anybody else, meddling, thumbing through pictures. Liking them, liking them, and you can hit me at Big V of Nappy Roots on Facebook, on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, don't go liking all my pictures if you ain't for real. I'm gonna ask you about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and just really fuck with me, man. If you like reality rap, you just like reality. Period. I just like to be entertained. The one man show. I- I'm a bullshit a stand up comedian. I rap, I'm a father, I'm concerned, and I'm also an Aquarius and a swinger. I don't want to go to no strip club. <laughs> I'd rather go to the swingers club where they're doing it. You know, I don't want shit now. That's weird. Oh, man. <laughs> so a simple life for me. It's, it, it either is or it isn't. That's right. And uh, Taisha, how can uh, we get you in social media as well as uh, what do you got? Uh, anything else you have coming up besides uh, April 12th? Yeah. Oh, who, me? Oh, I'm always, you know, I'm always doing something. Uh-huh. Um, but you can um, find me and contact me on my website, and that is TaishaBrad.com. T A I I S H A R A D L E Y dot com, and you can join my mailing list and see what I'm up to. Um, you can go to my events page and see what events that I'm having. Um, I have lots of vendor opportunities um, sometimes too. Um, so everybody can kind of check me out there. And um, if you need a publicist, I'm slightly available. <laughs> but holla at me. All right, all right. All right, see, Will, uh, how can people get you? Uh, what do you have coming out and, um, uh, you know, all that good stuff? 
sure. So I'm on uh, Instagram, C Will Inspire. You know, not not um, at C Will Inspire on Twitter at C Will Builder, and you know, hashtag C Will Inspire, or you'll find me and Christian Williams on Facebook. But uh, yeah, and you know, doing workshops, personal development. I'm on Get Vocal, so you can follow me. I'll have a couple uh, workshops coming out as far as you know personal development, peak performance, and different things like that. Um, just teaching you how you can be your best self, live your best life, and live the inspired life. Like I, I, and I really enjoyed talking to Big V and Taisha. It's been such an honor. I just want to say that. Um, and, uh, and I'm, you know, just proud that you're part of our culture. You know, I really uh, respect that reality, you know, that he's presenting. Um, and, and, you know, not everything is just about you know, nonsense, you know, it's just like real life, you know, so I really appreciate that. But yeah, follow me, check me out, and I'll definitely connect with you and um, and, and just keep it moving. All right. All right. Uh, you can get me at Kente F, F. F on uh, Twitter as well as Kente Ferguson. That's K-I-N-T-E-F-E-R-G-E-R-S-O-N on Instagram. Uh, our website is IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. Uh, this Sunday, the Elephant Room at uh, noon Eastern. I'm sorry, uh, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern. Uh, has, they'll have a new uh, episode. And on uh, Monday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, you can see C. Will once again uh, on um, Indie Radio. We're going to be doing Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus show. And we're going to be uh, talking about uh, we're going to have men and women reacting to different topics. So they don't even know what the topic's going to be. So this is going to be a surprise to them. So I'm going to try to hit them with some curveballs. So that's going to be on Monday. So, Taisha, we got to get you back on there to be part of a panel, yeah. too. Um yeah. So, uh, and that's Monday. Uh, you guys have a great weekend, uh, and uh, God bless. Peace. You too, bro. All right. Covered California knows that one moment can change your life. That moment you say, I do. That moment you meet your baby for the first time, or even that moment you lose your job and your health insurance along with it. For those times when life changes, we've got you covered. Covered California lets you choose from brand name health plans, and you may even get help paying for it. Your enrollment period is limited, so find out if you qualify by getting free expert help at CoveredCA.com today. Covered California. It's more than just health care. It's life care. The big wireless companies sold you an outdated plan tied to long-term contracts and mystery fees. Simple Mobile's different. You get a lightning-fast 4G LTE nationwide network with no contract, ever. And keep the phone and number you love. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Standard text message and data rates may apply based on your mobile phone service. Please refer always to the privacy policy at simplemobile.com slash privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions.